1: Hello, and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hunt. Ryan, how are you doing? I am alright, thanks, man. How are you? Very well indeed. Yeah. Yes. Is that because the Champions League was chaotic? I wasn't. Listen, it was the chaos league last night. I was. It's always truly, the chaos league. Truly in my element. It's a very silly competition. <laughs>
2: in a good way, by the way. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I actually tweeted that somehow the Europa League now feels more grown up than the Champions League.
1: Do you know what actually this felt like? You know, it's like, um, it's like watching a, one of those meetings in parliament where like there's absolute bedlam and it's because the whole point of it is like, oh, like all these people, these adults should know what they're doing and it descends into farce and you realise that actually no one's in charge. And last night was absolutely hilarious because like there's very clearly no one in charge.
2: Yeah, and the that, Champions League yeah. is like being, at a, it's like, I think I said in, in the right House group, it's like being at a, a, a massive electronic music festival and hanging around the main stage because, because obviously it's the main stage so you're going to get some really you're going to get some real heavyweights but also there are going to be some just big DJs who are going to be old guys with a fluorescent headband and this is kind of what the Champions League felt like it's just like obviously it's the it's the main stage basically right of european football but occasionally there's there's a dude playing slightly ironic techno
1: it was well, it just gives me, it gave me so much joy. Actually, no, I was thinking of, weirdly enough, <laughs> it's very much that. It also had an element, a little bit of um, a kid's birthday party when there's like three adults and 40 children. At a certain point, the kids are like, hang on a minute, we outnumber them. If we all They've rush them the once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They've done the math. If we actually all work together, not we could take them. We yeah. We'll never have <laughs> to give the ball pool back. <laughs> and I think what, what, these are my favourite nights on... Uh, social media because everyone's just on and everyone's yeah, having yeah. fun and everyone's just yeah. joking and the memes are coming out yeah shout out to emily orham who just killed me with a meme the other day it was, it was so funny so funny uh, robert pet 73
2: actually re- responded to that tweet that i said about um not sh- not quite sure how the europa league now feels more grown up than the champions league and he said because your team is in it and i was
1: like no then i would expect the opposite it's like that's not, no, that's not why at all. Listen, anyway. Arsenal have never been late to a chaos
2: party. That's I the mean, truth. they're usually the ones sending out the invites. <laughs> 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 Sorry, let's get to the football. <laughs> yeah, we should do. Before we do get into the football, uh, we had a qu- uh, an email from Quinn Verrett that I just want to read out quickly saying, at this point, it's up to you to prove that Musa isn't writing for the Nemec character in the Andor series. It's a wonderfully constructed television series. Musa should be proud to have worked on it. Vibes <laughs> Quinn. I think I'm going to disappoint you. Have you have you seen it
1: yet because I've not I've been saving it. Do you know what's funny about Andor? A lot of people love it. Now, I think the pacing, it's not it's not that it's slow because a lot of people are like, "Oh, like it's too slow." I, I love don't the have slow a, stuff though. I I love The Irishman, one of the slowest movies ever. Mm. The thing that I think is unusual about uh, Andor which threw me a bit, is that the pacing is uneven, starts very fast, then slow, slow, second episode ends in a strange place. So it's very, um, discordant. It's discordant in terms of its pacing. And that I think has thrown me a bit. Now, here's the thing. I think it's a stylistic thing because I've really got into episodes like sort of halfway through three, four, five. Okay. It's almost like when you're cooking and someone adds an ingredient, like at a point where you weren't expecting it to be added. Okay. Yeah, that's it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, anyway, are you ghostwriting for it? That was all I wanted to know. No, oh God, no, I'm not.
0: Yeah, I tell I'm you what. If he
2: was, he
1: sure as hell wouldn't be still doing a podcast with me. Everyone, If would be like, "Where did Musa go?" Can I be honest? I'm the least likely ghostwriter. Me? Can you imagine me keeping a secret like that? Yeah, true. I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Musa would co-write one episode, and it'd be
2: and in his Twitter bio. It'd be like creative director of Andor. <laughs>
1: If I was Darth Vader, I'd take my mask off. I'd take my mask off. He'd be like, that's not the point. It's like, I want them to know it's me. The
2: first ever scene of Darth Vader in a Star Wars movie. And it would just, the mask would be off. He'd be like, I'm your father.
1: Yeah, I'm right here. No, what the hell? Hang on a
2: minute. This is meant to be, this is what? This is meant to be the end of the third movie. Fucking hell. This is getting more chaotic than the Champions League. Yeah,
1: sorry, sorry. Right,
2: back to focus. Yes. So hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. Yes. The most important thing. Yeah. If you haven't checked it, Righty's House went up on Tuesday. You can search for Righty's House wherever you get your podcasts. If you are having trouble finding it, go to the Righty's House Twitter page. There's a list of links on there if you scroll down. Um, Meola and Carl were on this week and they were great. It was a great episode. Go and check it out. Not 100% sure what's going to happen with next week's Righty's House because I think Ian will literally be travelling. So we'll try and figure something out. We'll let you know on Monday Stadio. Um don't forget to check the ringer.com and the ringer.com forward slash soccer. If you haven't read Moose's piece about Tony Kroos, go and read it. From last week. Also, can I give a quick shout to the Stadio Actress playlist on Spotify? Don't forget, mm. if you don't hang around to the end, first of all, totally get it. I wouldn't. <laughs> I have to, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Second of all, you miss out on a tune. We play out on a different tune each episode and we have done since we began. They're all in a playlist. The newest one is at the top. If you search for Stadio Outros on Spotify, you can follow that playlist. And I think we're only like 20-odd likes away from hitting (gasps) 3,000. And also, I checked the playlist this morning. It's 22 and a half hours long. An hour, a few, like, what's that? 12 more episodes and we'll be on literally a full 24 hours of music amazing cool huh yeah it's lovely anyway is it cool <laughs> i listen am i to you take your pledges where you can um, true 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 yeah um, anyway today we're going to talk about the champions league um, but before we get into the champions league we want to shout out uh, switzerland and also ireland who both made it to the, the world cup they they went through after this week's qualifiers ireland making it to their very very first world cup um uh, a goal a single goal from Amber Barrett was enough to beat Scotland at Hampden Park. And it was extra poignant because Barrett comes from Donegal, which mm. for those who don't know, there was an explosion at a petrol station, yeah. which killed 10 people in, in Crislow in Donegal. So it was quite emotional for her. They were all Ireland were wearing black armbands in tribute. But really, really happy for them to go through. There was obviously some noise afterwards about one of the songs that they were singing, which <sighs> going to swerve, I think but props to Switzerland props to Ireland Portugal go through to the I think it's the intercontinental qualifiers in February now so they'll be there but yeah props to them and anything else other than the Champions League or should we get on to the Champions
1: League I think that's all that's all let's do it after this
0: this episode is brought to you by State Farm
2: All right, man, should we begin with Spurs? Because they beat Eintracht Frankfurt 3-2 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Great win there. First home game since the passing of athletic coach Gian Piero Ventroni, which on Monday's show, actually, when we were talking about the Brighton game and yeah, to put that have. result and performance yeah. into context. Yeah, yeah. We should have mentioned it anyway. And, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think it was a little bit unfair of us that we didn't put that, re- that performance into context because of the passing of Ventroni a couple of days before.
1: Yeah, if you beat a team like Brighton at any time, it's an impressive result. Uh but particularly in that in that context, yeah. Yeah, and it was obviously a very
2: emotional been a very emotional week mm. for Spurs. Before this game against Eintracht, they put a, a wreath on one of the seats on the bench. Mm. Conte was obviously clearly emotional before the game and um Spurs winning the game, they obviously had a bit of a wobble, but I think in context of how this last week must have been for them, mm. I think just getting two wins Kind of remarkable, actually.
1: If you've taken put it this way, like if you've taken four points off Eintracht Frankfurt in the Champions League at any point, that's impressive. It's
2: pretty good. That's really impressive. Um, I mean, they, not, they they beat some good teams last year on the way to they won the Europa League. League. Yeah, they won the
1: Europa yeah. League, and they've got one of the be- one of the smartest coaches, one of the best coaches, I think, in, in Europe. Um, mm. Glasner's fantastic. So yeah, even even if those surrounding circumstances weren't there, that to be impressive enough, and they got the front line really firing and working really quite well, creating transfers freely. So yeah, shout out to them. The thing about Ventroni that was really striking was just his CV, like what he achieved mm. in such a you know, short time. He was 61 years old, was part of the World Cup winning squad. Um, they, they called him the Marine. And it's funny because I was like, oh, this guy? Like, yeah, the guy looks like a Marine. <laughs> oh. That checks out. That checks out. So yeah, um, congratulations Spurs and an outstanding win, uh, especially in the circumstances.
2: Yeah, um, can we just shout out Son's second goal, which was Kevin Trapp wanted no part of that. And Listen, I don't blame him because he hit that. I think the technical term is
1: fucking hard. <laughs> he puts a lot of hot sauce on those shots and oh distance. God, are you kidding me? Do you know, like, you know, like um, when you watch, watch must the have old... one? The, sorry to interrupt. He must have one of the purest strikes. Well, I was going to me, mention this actually, Bobby Charlton, oh, right? So, Bobby Charlton, no, it's fine. Bobby Charlton, you watch those old highlights, so you're thinking, you didn't need to hit it that hard. You put extra on that. You put like thirty percent extra. Just for, you're trying to burst that thing. And I look at Son and I'm like, it's very rare you see strikers who seem to be almost trying to burst the ball. So yeah, Son is in that tradition of people that, that seem to be hitting it too hard for the fun of it. And I love it. I'm here for it.
2: If anything, he sent that too, clar- too if hard anything, Too yeah, hard, sent, he sent that Too much. Well. <laughs> but um, Harry came scoring a penalty, missing a penalty.
1: Mm. Got the one that mattered though. Got the one that mattered.
2: But Eintracht really, really nearly got back into it at the mm. end. Yeah, But all in all, I think that's a pretty good win for Spurs. Because yeah, 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 definitely. That group is really good. Sporting, Marseille as well.
1: They're in pretty good shape to go through,
2: but it is still quite tight. So they have, yeah, to, very be, so. They have to be have to on it. And obviously Marseille beating Sporting. It's in- a funny
1: group because Sporting leapt out to uh, two wins in the first two and then got mm. pulled back by Marseille. So it's had a bit of ebb and flow to it. Um, and it's still, to be honest, it's still not clear how it will end up. The one thing no, I said no, about no. Marseille, which is really striking is, What's incredible is they've assembled a group of players who could well have grown up in Marseille with the energy they have, even though they didn't. It's one of the most Marseille teams that I've seen in, the, in a good while. I love it. I love. I love that team actually. Yeah, they're fun I, man. It, I mean, survive. I think yeah, they're yeah. fun. I mean, obviously yeah, yeah. they lost
2: team. on the weekend as well, which was their first. I think their first defeat of the season in mm-hmm. the league. But um, a nice little bounce back in midweek. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Where do you want to go next? What group do you want to, Should we? Should we just deal with the? Should we just deal with the Barcelona stuff first? Yes, let's go in three all and. Uh, absolute chaos Gerard Piquet in this game had some hmm. he's on a journey it was it was what he literally was doing that you know that uh that kid in the club meme the gif yes <laughs> but he the thing was he got away with one in the first half which was exactly the same mm. I think Dzeko got in and hit the bar
1: yeah and yes like, yes what yes. are you doing actually like this is, actually, bizarre. this is an easier follow-up yeah yeah yeah
2: and he did the same thing for that goal in the second half. Um but I think honestly I think Barca's Barca's central def- defensive pairing is a massive problem for them. But they got the two injuries they couldn't afford. I mean they've basically got their three of well, the three of their first choice back four out. Yeah. Their first choice center back pairing out. Probably Christensen out too. Well that's no I think like because Kounde was playing right bit right back wasn't he? Because yeah. he was it was a uh, Christensen, Araujo and couldn't they? Mainly. Right, but in a game like this, those two would start middle and Exactly, you, any yeah. two of those three would start a centre-back. Because yeah. I actually think Sergio Roberto is still pretty, he's still pretty reliable at right-back. When he, But Balde not getting in a, above Alonso at left-back is a curious one for me. Very strange. I don't but, understand it. Um, I think Barcelona really got away with one here and it's because of Lewandowski, Really. <laughs> Yeah, because Lewandowski has the ability to drag you out of trouble in these situations. We saw it actually with Bayern a lot last season and we've mm. you've talked about Bayern this season not having him to do that and it's cost them a couple of times this season already. Wild, wild game of football and three wins, three draws, seven defeats, Barcelona's worst 13-game European stretch in their history. And that comes from
1: Pedro Martin. It just seems like, it's so, it's so strange with Barcelona because, you know, Pique, I think, has running out of road or maybe has run out of road in a consistent yeah. basis obviously busquets that was always just going to be a physical decline thing it was never about quality never about quality i always said this before like you know barsa's style never It's that Chavi got knackered right um the, the uh, there are some selection issues i don't think that the midfield is too lightweight pedro and gavi that's not a problem actually i thought gavi was very good defensively again um i just think that that midfield now needs to be reconfigured i think it's just maybe a stage too far for both those young players. But there, the selection of Alonso is extremely strange. To be honest, the acquisition of Alonso is strange Super because weird. I think he's, I think he's the third best left back in that squad by a significant distance. Yeah. yeah, by a significant distance. Um, so it's odd. I mean, look, Xavi is a very fine coach, but at this stage of his career, Robert Lewandowski should not be playing rescuer. Yeah, I agree. Not with what he's achieved. Um, and even the wingers are just inconsistent. Rafinha and Dembele, you just don't know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, and this is the problem with Barcelona. On their day, outstanding. But if you're going to build a squad where for the next few years you have to win continuously, you need to pick one whose players have a higher base level of performance. Mm. You remember that guy um, used to play for the, on, the, on the right back spot, uh, Paulo Freire, I think it was for Chelsea. And he was always like a seven and a half out of 10. Yeah. Minimum. You need a team full of us Ironically I won't clean after the yeah. one player they can get. But you basically need that. And at the problem right now with Barcelona is Barcelona. Yeah, exactly. They've got like too many people who can be like a four one day and attend the next. Mm. But anyway, that's a, maybe a coaching um, thing, maybe a, a squad building thing. I don't know. But that's, that's their challenge at the moment.
2: Maybe a quick shout for uh, Robin Gorsons. Yes. Who got a lovely goal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which looked like it was going to be the winner originally
1: um, before Lewandowski's second we were Paul talking Barcelona, actually to connor like the intense. ringer weren't we and there were like a lot of goals that he really needed that yeah. um and really Conor was did. like yeah they, yeah they really needed that goals yeah yeah yeah
2: I uh, also was a massive fan of damian being picked up on the mic saying just saying fuck off fuck off to uh, <laughs> to dembele for ages <laughs> fuck off <laughs> incredible and uh, Simone nzage getting sent off at the end for for no reason and nzage who <laughs> he, he has an expression of like a year seven chemistry teacher, <laughs> whose
1: class will just not settle down.
2: <laughs> just this constant like,
1: <laughs> he's surprised me how good he's been at Inter. I got to say, I've been really impressed no, he's by the coach, he's man. Done. Yeah, just a coach, a good coach. Really good coach. Good
2: coach. Uh, this game was wild, and uh, Barcelona are in a lot of trouble in this group. Mm. Bayern are obviously through. Inter three points. They beat Pilsen, then they go. Um, They're done. It's done. that's losses it. in the Europa League, yeah. Which will be catastrophic, and we'll probably talk about it when it happens because. Yeah. They've gambled big time and if they and if they go into the Europa League again it's going to be really bad for them. Mm. But um, yeah, quick shout for Bayern beating Victoria Pilsen 4-2 away. Leon Goretzka with two. Yes. Lovely. Um, where are we going next? Napoli?
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my goodness.
2: I mean we've talked about Napoli. I think we've mentioned on the la- after the last round of fixtures so it would have been last week. Probably the side that you'd want to face the least in Europe at the moment.
1: Honestly, Like, uh, Connor was asking us which game to watch, Atleti, um, Club Brugge, or Napoli Ajax, and I was just like, it's just hands down Napoli Ajax. But even I did not know how devastatingly they would start this game. They were spectacular. They were spectacular. You looked at their bench even, you know, Osimen's there just waiting to come in. There's so much quality. Um, The Napoli bench is arguably stronger than the Napoli attack was for a portion of last season. It is that good. Like the upgrades, uh, the, the recruitment is spectacular. The coaching by Spalletti, there's a great quote from Spalletti that just um, just came up. Systems no longer exist in football. It's all about the spaces left by the opposition. You must be quick to spot them and know the right moment to strike, have the courage to start the move, even when pressed. He also said, I was seeing stars. <laughs> okay. it's like, Well, so in Napoli's defence, I'll tell you that. The movement was bewitching Spellbinding. Seb Seb Stafford-Bloor said, I don't even know what Ajax did wrong for that second goal. I don't see how you stop it. And this is because Creature Scalia is a superstar. It's a superstar.
2: Like, I I tweeted, imagine how good he's going to be
1: when he's like 23. (laughs) (laughs) He is this good at 21. Oh my goodness. Do you know what it's amazing about this Napoli team? It says that different people step up at different points. So Zielinski has been balling out for like the last Mm. few weeks. Raspadori had an absolute wild autumn with his form for Italy and also for for Napoli. Politano just does what he does, just like a sure shot penalty taker, so consistent and has always been. Politano is just the one that gets the party started, right? Like If Napoli are in a kind of goal-scoring rush, (laughs) he's always,
2: yeah. started, Politano. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, Politano just has, and also that strike he has from distance, from penalty spots, just so consistent. We don't even mention Lozano. And Gisa Gisa Lozano. And this is the thing, like, David Amoyal, um, who's a great, great um, uh, tweeter, podcaster, football analyst, like, transfer, supremo. David Amoyal said, I feel really bad because I underrated Napoli. I didn't sort of see what they'd become. Look, here's the thing. Most of us didn't see this. They lost Fabian Ruiz, Kulabali, Mertens, Insigne. Like, they lost some very, very good players. But this was the thing we said last year. There was a kind of tension where they had to kind of give the keys to the young attackers. Trust them. They trusted them. Ossimen, Elmas, as time went on, Lozano too. And now they've been fully liberated and they're spellbinding. Someone said, oh, like, do you think they can carry on? And like... Well, at this level, yes, this intensity. The one question I think is really, can they take it over the line in the league? And again, I don't see why not. I
2: think one of the things that is really interesting, though, is that so much of their attacking players, or so many of their attacking players, sorry, mm. um, get, the, get the shine. But if you look at, for example, how solid yes. uh, Min Jae yes. Kim has been. Yes. Who only came in this year from Frank? What about standing higher? Super smart signing, twenty-five years old. Love it. And just even like Stan (laughs) good old Stan Labotka in middle in the middle of midfield. Brilliant. Who just rarely even like barely gets a mention. Like barely gets a mention. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And has actually quietly just done a really, really, really good job. And just one of these, you mentioned it before about Barcelona and needing people like, you know, they need more Aspelicueta and, they, you know, it's ironic, they went for Aspelicueta. Mm. But La I think, is someone who is just so consistently like a 7 out of 10. brilliant, And just no fucking drama. Yeah, yeah. And Keep actually, I think that's I think that's really important for Napoli because, you know, Spalletti is, let's say, not the calmest guy I've ever seen in the world. Mm. And that front line is hype. If it's going to go a bit, one key for Napoli it'll Mm. be a little bit overhyped but that's understandable with a new group and I think someone like Lubocca in the middle of midfield and actually Ndombele when he comes on as well I think he has Ndombele has such a calming nature on Mm. a squad and like the chemistry around and then you have Kim at the back
1: as well who's very very calm yes I just think they've got a really good balance and a really good mixture you know it's funny you talk about um, Spalletti not being the calmest but there's something very self-aware about making Di Lorenzo, the captain. Yeah. Uh, because there's a funny thing, Di Lorenzo, the one thing in this game is really interesting is he is the one, you know, they talk in Barca about Pauza, uh, the hesitation mm. for the right pass. The amount of times he will slow down an attack when everyone's bombing forward. It's really interesting. Like he doesn't do that thing where the stereotypical thing is like the flying fullback. He will get to a really good position high up the pitch and be like, play the extra pass, play in the winger. And he doesn't. He lets everyone catch up. Mm. And it's a really small detail but it's really quite telling, like how he regulates the play. And the one thing I want to mention about La as well is actually, and this is a bit, I'll throw this in. So, you know, you're like Stan Labotka. I keep thinking like, who does remind mind of? And actually it's Frank Sabotka from The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that guy that looks after everyone on the docks and all the workers, right? <laughs> He's that guy. Why did you have to do this? I had to. That's, Why? I just, can't, I just can't not think of Frank Sabotka. You're being very
2: basic right now and
1: I don't <laughs> like <laughs> it. <laughs> his character met a tragic end I don't want I don't want the same this won't happen for Napoli they're too legit they're too legit whatever happens to them it's going to be great fun this year and they've got a really good chance to do something exciting they need a bit of luck but they've got a great chance to do something really exciting do
2: you reckon runs around being like flies in on someone in the middle of the midfield and gets up and just looks
1: down at the players and like I've got to protect my union that's how he plays though is it not is <laughs> yeah. it not I like it I mean yeah. I'm just really can I just say that Look, last I mean we're, last we're very pro-union on this podcast like. I'm just really <laughs> We absolutely are. I'm very happy for Zielinski to be getting his shine as well. I will yeah. say that.
2: Yeah. Uh, unfortunate error by Daily Blint for the final goal. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But uh, uh, in the other game in this group, Rangers losing 7-1 at home to Liverpool. Mo Salah with the quickest
1: ever or the fastest ever hat-trick in Champions League football, I believe. Six minutes. Goodness me. It's a couple of beautiful goals in the mix. I will say, Rangers were giving out a couple of gifts. It's a shame because they took the lead. Um, they had a good for chance them. for a second, actually. It's this thing, isn't it? Always, always yeah. the chance before the, the goal before the front. Th- yeah, 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 yeah. But Bobby Firmino, look, congratulations to him because he's really stepped up in a time of difficulty with Liverpool. Um, so he's really actually impressive. hitting
2: some really nice foot, uh, some really nice form. And Darwin Nunez with a lovely really finish as well for, for his goal. Yeah, really so it's two and two for them. And you know, I don't think, for example, people are saying like Liverpool are back because of this result. I don't think this result is going to kickstart their season. But what it does do is stop the noise and actually gives them a bit of it's a, it's a, it gives them a lot a bit of confidence going into the game against City on the weekend um, yes that's right I think actually I think the enough. thing is with yeah, this yeah. If, if, sorry to sorry, if it had go been go go like 2-1 3-1 one, one, I think they still probably would have felt a bit like mm-hmm, going into the game but I think being that free and flowing and scoring a load of goals I think it's just it was kind of perfect the perfect outcome for them ahead of the game on the weekend I think
1: Yeah, I just think that Napoli's performances have maybe put the Liverpool performances in this group into context That's just a very good team who are in sync Liverpool aren't and they're finding their way so Liverpool aren't actually in as bad I think a state as, as some of those early results might suggest and yeah just one last shout out for Harvey Elliott for his first mm. Champions League goal that's really exciting
2: I mean Liverpool and Ajax are, uh, sorry Liverpool and Napoli are basically through anyway Napoli are through mm. Liverpool are I think if was it Point against Ajax and they're through, mm. so all good. It's all good, Musa. Let's go to Group B because Atleti drew nil-nil at home to Club Brugger and Brugger progressed to the Champions League knockout stages for the first time in their history, and they thoroughly deserve it because they've yeah, been yeah. brilliant in this group. Yeah, um, they they are yet to concede a goal in this group stage, which is wild. Amazing, yeah, they scored seven, conceded none.
1: Exactly, they played some decent stuff too. That's the thing
2: they have. I think obviously this was Atleti really, really piled on the pressure. I think, but. Hmm. Something's going on at Atleti, man. I think. Jair Felix. Jair Felix does not, not look happy, and I think that if I'm not sure quite what's happening
1: there, we're going to have to keep an eye on Atleti for a little bit. That's, the Jair Felix signing. I got to be honest. It's um, it saddens me that he hasn't had. Look, he could have had two 25 goal seasons by now. You know to I me, mean? like at a different club that just gave him more possession. The only thing that stops him being an absolute superstar is regular possession of the football and. It's really sad that letty haven't managed to maximise that for him.
2: To Brugger through Porto a second mm. after beating Leverkusen, their opening goal was spectacular. So good, <laughs> they've scored some crackers. Jabby Alonso said that this was a lesson for them, and it probably was. But I actually mm. think Leverkusen were pretty good. Karen Dembélé missed a uh, had a penalty saved, and then they had a goal ruled out. Uh, Adley had a goal ruled out because I think it were it came like off Patrick Schick's arm and went in. So. Leverkusen are bottom of that group. But there's only three points between them and Porto in second. So that second spot is still up for grabs. Let's go to Tuesday's games. Dinamo Zagreb won, Salzburg won. Salzburg is still second in that group. But Chelsea are top because they beat Milan 2-0 in San Siro. Tomori got sent off after 18 minutes mm. for pulling back Mason Mount, a penalty
1: was awarded. Honestly, it's one of those ones where you see it and you think it feels harsh, but also applying the letter of the law, it's fair. Very interesting you said this because
2: I was having a look at Manuel Graefer's Twitter because he's really good on stuff like this, obviously, mm. like we mentioned the other day, ex-Bundesliga ref. He said, uh, if you whistle, wrong for me here, it's technically red because the action which is holding is rated as non-ball orientated, and only ball orientated tackles will be awarded at 100% scoring chance prevention with a yellow. Not enough for me for a penalty. You can also see the
1: reaction of the players and their own coach who are surprised by the penalty. I was surprised. I mean, it's one of those. It's one. Those, I look. I, it's one of those ones where I look at it and go. I'm trying to rationalise how it was given, mm. and I'm thinking it must be because the speed mount was moving at, and Tamori basically is trying to get to him because he can't get to the ball. And I'm thinking, I understand why it's been given, although I'm very surprised. It's like the kind of upper edge of penalties where you're like, that shouldn't really be one. But then having given it, it has to be red card defence because it is in that position. That's exactly what Graefer said. Mm. I love that ref input as well, though. Isn't it great to have that kind of framework or someone analysing it like that? I really think it adds a lot to the game. But yeah, um, Chelsea then scoring their second just after the half-hour mark from Aubameyang. And Graham Potter, I have to say, in this first few weeks, has really just come in and smoothly, like Deserby, like these two hires, they've both gone into their new jobs and they've looked entirely at home, right? They haven't really missed a beat, to be honest. Even, I've got to say, a lot of people pointed it out, Graham Potter in the roll neck. He's in his bag. I think he listens to Stadio, you know? (laughs) no I do
2: I do and I'm not the reason I say this is because remember (laughs) a couple of years ago when he said that he stopped wearing the tracksuit and he started wearing something a little bit more serious on the touchline and then Brighton went on that unbelievable run right right he's gone full Pioli he has a (laughs) little bit
1: he out Pioli Pioli in Pioli's own backyard which is amazing I know it's wild isn't it what a vibe yeah Potter looks the part and, and that's a big deal that's a big deal to do that
2: he's handled this this early stage of his Chelsea career really smartly yeah, because I think he's rotated quite well mm. he hasn't like pushed anyone out straight away and been like you're not my guy mm. he, it looks like everyone's everyone's kind of getting a bit
1: of a feel for it and I think that's quite smart from because, you know what yeah I think the thing is with, when you come in a after of leverage going in there when you come after a Tuchel
2: mm.
1: like, you know, like you know when you come in after a Tuchel a figure like that who's won a Champions League with a lot of these players the thing that's going to win them over is ideas it's not going to be rep it's going to be ideas and I think that's the thing he's led with his ideas and he's getting goals out of different players great performances out of out of them goals out of Pulisic it, it just it's just a good look for Chelsea actually um, and you can vindicate some of the decision there mm. you know, those who made the choice to like bring him in they've got to be looking at this first few weeks and going actually so far so good
2: yeah uh, slight concern for them Rhys James coming off injured but mm. he said that he Key hopes player. it's not a bad one um, so Chelsea looking good in that group
1: IB Leipzig beating Celtic Timo Werner looking good no man
2: hey look at that
1: happy again yeah
2: and uh, Shakhtar causing more problems to Real Madrid <laughs> this time Real Madrid only being saved by a 95th minute equaliser from Antonio Rudiger that is probably one of the wildest things I've
1: seen on a football pitch you know it's funny there's so many things that are funny about this first of all shout out to Shakhtar for another outstanding performance we know that like Rail don't really enjoy playing them. They really fucking hate Rayle played some gorgeous stuff actually. Some they gorgeous did. one-touch stuff in and around the box but Shakhtar were really great. They hang tough for a while. They could have got a second. Maybe should have scored, yeah. really scored a second. Really should have scored a second. They hit the bar actually in the second half. and That would have made it 2-0. That might have made it good night. But the reason why I have to respect Rayle for this is the dogged determination of Rudiger getting forward. He actually almost got one just before this. Very similar when Cruz put the long, Cruz put the long ball and he put it just wide. Um, but the header here, when he goes up for it, uh, and again, Seb Safa bloor mentioned this on Twitter, like the bravery to go up for that. Oh my God. Knowing that collision was coming. And he, for that alone, for the bravery alone, they deserve the equaliser. The, the funny thing about this goal, I have to mention, is that Tony Crowe said in this previous interview I was talking about before, I've been raving about, he was like, yeah, I'm not like some of those other defenders, those people that just are, you know, defenders just going bombing forward, which is obviously like a bit of a sneak diss of Rudiger. And I'm like, my guy, like, <laughs> you're putting him on a plate. <laughs> you're enabling him. <laughs> oh I can't figure Tony Kroos out you know I just can't it's just so funny to watch him benefiting from the same thing that he criticised and enabling it like oh those, those defenders that just run forward and not like that I'm like well yeah like you've got one you've got a Gallivant in your own team they're, they showed way
2: too many replays for my liking of this it was horrible yeah it was brutal.
1: so brave they're both down for a while weren't they uh, yeah, they yeah. Yep. I think
2: it ended up being like over 10 minutes of stoppage time No, so so they played an extra five minutes, basically, I think. But yeah, fair play to Rudiger. I just hope he's okay because it's the Classico this weekend and he took a pretty big fucking whack. So hopefully he's he's okay. All right, Group G, Manchester City drawing with Copenhagen. In Copenhagen, Riyad Mahrez having a penalty
1: saved. That happens a bit, doesn't it, to him? It just Mm. seems like he has a... (laughs) He doesn't score as many as I'd expect him to. Yeah, they had a goal ruled out, bit before that as well,
2: and uh, then Sergio Gomez got sent off after half an hour. Say,
1: um, one thing I was, uh, one other thing to mention about this game uh, is that Holland was out. I think it's important to mention that. Just yeah, a little tired, him at home, right? For a, for yeah, a, just a bit tired. Yeah, a bit for rest. I don't blame them for that. Mm, yeah, uh, just shout out to Copenhagen because that was a really great performance from them. They played really well. Yeah, they deserve the point. Right, I, yeah. think. I think. Yeah, were, yeah. I think
2: well, they were well, well, really eventually. good value for the point. They're obviously bottom of the group, but they're fighting with Sevilla for that. For that. Um, I mean, technically they still can qualify, but I don't Mm. think they will. Yeah, it's a tough one. So they're they're battling with Sevilla for that uh, Europa League spot. Dortmund drawing with Sevilla and actually going a goal behind. But then Jude Bellingham stepped up again Mm. and he made history. He is just the third teenager to score in four consecutive Champions League games after Kylian Mbappe and Erling Haaland. Goodness. He's the first one who is not a forward. The new school which is absolutely wild. So Dortmund is second in that group, Manchester City top. And finally, Group H, uh, Benfica, and P- uh, sorry, PSG drawing with Benfica at the Parc de Prance. Two penalties, one from Mbappe after 40 minutes and then one from Jao Mario just after the hour mark. Uh, no Messi in this game. Mbappe went off with a little knock at the end of the game as well. And after all of the noise that is coming out of PSG at the moment, it's... I I think something major is going to kick off there, you know. Something Mm. huge is going on. So Mbappe apparently wants to leave because he was giving assurances that he was going to play in this kind of free role in the summer when he signed his new deal. Mm. According to all of the sources, PSG was pretty widely known. They they were trying to offload Neymar in the summer. Didn't happen. So obviously Mbappe has now been starting as the nine, which he doesn't want to do. Right. Uh, Christoph Galtier even was just like, I'm really sorry. I had no idea. Or something like that. Basically, he was just like, "I'm oh,
1: sorry, I'm sorry to, to Killian." Yeah, it's all just a bit like familiar. It is familiar. The thing the thing is, look, um, is not a nine. No, he's not. That didn't work. That didn't work when they tried to play him as a nine. It hasn't worked for France. It doesn't work in. His, so I actually understand that if you're being paid that much money, mm-hmm. and here's the thing: some might say, "Oh, I'll just do what you're told." Well, mm, I slightly disagree because if you that much money, and you're given assurances a nine, you play as a nine because if you're playing week and and you're not delivering to your level, on a professional level, you're like, I'm not being given the best conditions in which to thrive. It's not as simple as, oh, just play nine kid and shut up. It's actually not that simple from a professional point of view, I think. And I have a little bit of sympathy in that context of that because you're under a lot of pressure to deliver. He's being paid two million euros a week. So that's the thing. If you're being paid that amount of money, you're going to want to be in the position where you can deliver because every week the eyes are on you. Because you've got to win a Champions League in your home city. So that actually is, that's the perspective from which I have some sympathy. Now, all the other stuff, the kind of political shenanigans about Silva's play, I don't have sympathy for that. Here's the one thing I will say, though. This whole drama is exacerbated by social media because when Ronaldo yeah. left Inter after being injured the best part of two years and went straight to Real Madrid, my goodness, if there had been social media then, if there had been social media then into basically taking care of much of his recuperation and then him just bouncing. You know, so this isn't the most dramatic transfer we've seen in the world. I mean, if Figo, if the Figo thing had been on socials, my goodness, Figo to Real Madrid is still the most dramatic, I think, transfer of all time. But this one here is interesting with, um, with Mbappé and PSG and Messi and Neymar, isn't it? Because he's, if he goes, who's their marquee player? And who, who's the who did, market who's, for him? Who can you get? And, but also, Ryan, who can you get if you lose Mbappe for your future? You bring back Christopher and Cuckoo? Do you know what I mean, though? Like, but it's like, PSG it's
2: He's already going to Chelsea, apparently, but... But, but there's also, no this, other what, superstars. We, yeah Sorry. Before we, before we yeah. move on and discuss that, because I want to... Let's circle back to that. But I mm. want a big... I don't know whether to big up Maccabi-hyphen now or save it for after, because... You
1: know, what, first of all, before, while we're on this, let's shout out Benfica because they have been Brilliant in these two yeah, games. They've been great. PSG. Yeah. They've been and the way super they've been good. coached, tactically, all of it, just outstanding. Really, really um, have to give them their props here.
2: Yeah, two two draws with PSG home and away in a group yeah. that originally you'd think that Benfica were the side that weren't going to get through that. Mm. But with Juve's poor form, you and Maccabi like Maccabi High for beating Juve in an
1: amazing result for them. It's drawn them level on points with Juventus. And also Maccabi, given the performance against PSG, they they had this result coming. They were on. They were on target for this, for sure. They really did. Yeah. But they really could knock Juve out of this altogether and Absolutely. qualify for the Europa League. They should. They should. The way they're playing, they should.
2: Actually, um, Benfica and PSG are, are ahead on on eight points. Um, but I, just a number like Maccabi deserved it so much. There was, yeah. They were, I think they Juve had more possession, but I think what they created off the back of it just wasn't. It was nothing. They didn't deserve to. They didn't there wasn't a high quality of chance. Exactly. No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Not at all. Uh, Maccabi were so good. Um, they just took their blueprint for the PSG game and didn't lose intensity. At silly with the two yeah. ho- uh, first half goals. And they just really swarm you. And I think it's one of those ones where this Champions League is really proving if you come in as a big team at like 60%, you'll get eaten.
2: Yeah. I mean, they go to PSG next week. No, week after. Week after. And then they... Host Benfica on the final match day, so I mean, they could they could do it, man. Yeah, they yeah. really could, and it'd be unbelievable if they did. Um but let's circle back to PSG because also amongst all of, among like all of this Mbappe stuff, it emerged, it emerged that the club had been paying a company to do these kind of social media takedowns, much a lot much like Barca Gate, and it's a bit like. When you start getting into that territory, mm. it just becomes, it, I don't see how it becomes
1: fixable. Yeah, it's completely unsustainable. And I think yeah.
2: because of this, there are some reports in, in I mean, it's in Marker, so if they go or leave it, because they obviously have some priorities. Mm. But apparently, because of this, Mbappe is studying options to determine whether he has grounds to terminate his contract as a result of this kind of social media stuff. What a mess we looked at them at the beginning of the season and we we're like, this is all very smart.
1: Mm.
2: I mean, he, he, the thing that I find interesting about Mbappe is that he does come out with a couple of really interesting points mm. where he said like, you can only really have, I'm paraphrasing, but there was, some, there was a, a quote that he said where he said something about only really having two or three
1: stars in the side. He's not wrong, really, is he? I thought I had the balance right. I think the, ba- I think the players are in the wrong position. Look, I mean, this is, uh, you know they should buy, of course, PSG. I know, go on. The one player they should buy? Olivier Giroud. <laughs> Weirdly enough, though, Giroud would improve them, actually.
2: <laughs> I think Cristiano Ronaldo would actually improve them if he just went as a nine and literally did nothing
1: else. You know what? That's actually true. Like, that's if, actually if you true. literally
2: just stay there, don't do anything else apart from pressing a little 20-yard 20, 20 arc. That's true, you know. And just put the ball in the net. I actually think it. they could... <laughs> They could do a lot worse and for Ronaldo it's perfect because it's like oh look I'm at PSG to finish off my career because I'm so good and blah blah blah. Do you know what that, actually, would actually, that would actually work? I'm not entirely sure they'd
1: want him. Mm.
2: Christian de Pierce,
1: if that happens that's your fault.
2: If Manchester United wanted to, wanted to get rid and PSG were like we actually kind of need someone just to put the ball in the back of the net and that's it. Yeah. January You're transfer right. window is coming up. There aren't many other teams in, in the Champions League who would who would go for him. It does actually make sense you know. And he's not the biggest person in that dressing
1: room then right and that's important actually I mean if we're being galaxy brain PS you should just break the bank for Gerard Felix
2: no but I don't think they need that kind of player though
1: actually they will
2: they, I, I mean but they already they already have people who are kind of off the striker creators they've got Neymar they've got Mbappe they've got
1: Messi right they will need him they will need him I think when though I think two years from now they're going to need a next Who's going to be, this is the thing, who's going to be their next-gen superstar? Because they need one. That's clearly what their thing is about, right? That's okay, clearly Mbappe's their only MO. Yeah, but Mbappe, if he goes, this is the thing, this is why it's difficult for PSG, because who do they bring in? Who's their superstar next generation? There's only like a handful of people that PSG would want to build a project around, in quotes. I don't see it being Bellingham. I don't see it being Haaland. Mbappe bounces. Who have you got in the mix? Who's going to step up in that next generation? I just don't see who it is. They just don't have that prestige player because they come along once every 10 years and the rest of them are all tied up elsewhere. And that's what they're all about, marquee. That's what they're all about. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there. I mean, you know what's great about
2: this? What's that?
1: Not my problem. (laughs) Sleeping very well, minding your own business. Listen, (laughs) not a PSG fan. Don't work for the club. Don't
2: get paid (laughs) to figure out who they should bring in. Not a scout. Just do a podcast, Musa. I just do a podcast.
1: Do you know what I'd love to be? Sir, you know I'd love to be? sir, this is a podcast. Ryan, do you know what we should do? Do you know what I'd love to be? Imagine like we were sporting directors who get our business done really early in the summer and everyone's just running around and we're just sitting in the lounge chilling. <laughs> and it was the last month of the transfer window. Everyone's like, oh my God, my God. And we're just like, yeah, no, we're done. We're good. We Dude, if we were
2: sporting off. directors, we'd be like fucking Statler and Waldorf. just being like <laughs> <laughs> Laughing at everyone, being like, they signed who? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <Just sitting laughs> for the, instead of the balcony we'd be in the director's box just pointing down here, like
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god I'm gonna be unbearable I'm gonna be unbearable as an old man be you mean,
2: gonna be <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey you're not unbearable
2: you're, right. uh, you're wonderful Moose stop it they're making me blush, making hey, me cry. Too for many those emotions. Don't know, happy birthday for uh, Tuesday. We went out for a little birthday brunch yesterday.
1: Yeah, thanks. It was lovely, actually. Uh, got me a lovely, great copy of uh, Kit Holden's new book about uh, Union Berlin. Scheiße, we're going up. Shout out to Kit. Yeah, looking forward to reading that. Looks fantastic. Had an early read. Um nice. Yeah, yeah. Lovely yeah, prose so, as well. Lovely prose. Yeah, so if anyone hasn't wished
2: Musa a happy birthday at Okwonga, go and bombard <laughs> his mentions.
1: It'll okay. really. <laughs> 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 he shall never rest <laughs> 43 years old my goodness wow
2: that's like that's mid 40s right
1: yeah i mean it's, yeah, it's well, still early 40s, nah, it's no, mid it's, 40s isn't is it? it 44 45 46 i'll take mid i'll take mid 40s i'm fine not vain about it 43 wow goodness
2: I, No, i do you know what i think one two three is early i think four five six is mid and i think seven eight nine is late
1: yeah fair enough i'll there take that yeah yeah anyone turning 40 don't worry, it's okay. I wouldn't say life begins at 40 because, frankly, <laughs> there's a lot of life to have lived before then. But um, it's certainly been, I mean, the last few years of my life have been some of the happiest, I would say. Uh, so, yeah, I would say that my life's been a good outfit for, for, for turning 40.
2: I would disagree.
0: <laughs>
2: I reckon we get out of here. Let's do it. Yeah, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything seems a little bit, a little bit wild. Yeah, it does. It does. But yeah, anyway, stay well, everyone. Um, don't forget to check TheRinger.com. Check Brighty's House if you haven't already. Um, Stadio will be back on Monday. There's some big games this weekend. Anything you want to add, Musokwango? No, I'm good. I'm good. Well then, in that case, don't forget to check the Stadio archers plays on Spotify and we are playing out on an absolute monster of tune Mobius and Beerbohm track called Subito Uh, have a lovely weekend everyone much love we'll be back on Monday see you then